0: Welcome to the Pre-Opera Talk for Michigan Opera Theater's production of Blue. My name is Andrea Scobie and I'm the Director of Education with Michigan Opera Theatre.
1: And I am Arthur White, MOT's Director of External Affairs. We are thrilled you have joined us today as we offer a pre-performance glimpse into Janine Tesori's and Taswell Thompson's opera, Blue. And we welcome two very special guests. Blues director Kaneza Shawl and conductor Daniela Candelari. Michigan Opera Theater is proud to present this new opera, which captures both the joy and the grief of a family, a father, mother, and son, and their community as they navigate first hope and celebration, and later loss and reconciliation. As Act One begins, the mother calls her girlfriends together to tell them she is expecting a child. Their joy turns to concern when she tells them she is carrying a boy. They warn her that her son will not be welcomed in this country. Uh, When her hope and love for the child she carries and for the father, a policeman, will not be shaken, her girlfriends relent, blessing her and the child. The father's police officer buddies, on the other hand, are immediately joyful and a bit jealous when they learn their fellow officer has fathered a son. 16 years later, the son, a student, artist, and activist, frequently finds himself at odds with his father over his involvement with nonviolent political protests. The father confronts the son, who pushes back, accusing his police officer father of upholding an oppressive system. Despite the son's bitter words, the father tells him he will always love him and hold him close.
0: When act two opens, we learn that the son has been shot by a police officer at a protest. The heartbroken father meets with the Reverend who attempts to comfort him and encourages him to forgive. The father adopting the attitude of the son lashes out angrily. As the funeral for the son approaches, the girlfriends return to Harlem to support the grief-stricken mother as she prepares to lay her son to rest. The father briefly becomes lost in a fog of emotion, guilt, regret, and memory then finds his way back to the community gathered around him in church. In an epilogue, we see the father, the mother, and the son together in a bittersweet moment around the kitchen table, sharing a meal, as the son reconciles with his father and announces his plans for further artistic studies and one more peaceful protest.
1: We are thrilled to welcome two very special guests to join us tonight as we take a deeper dive into what we'll be seeing on stage. Join us in welcoming Director Kaneza Shaw and Conductor Daniela Candelari.
0: Thank you both so much for joining us today. Um, I want to start by asking you both, when did you first encounter Blue? Um, What were your first impressions of this opera and what excited you about taking on this project? Daniela, will you start us off?
2: Um, so the first time I, I heard about Blue was after its premiere in 2019 at Glimmerglass. And um, the, the audience reaction, the critics reaction to the piece was was immense. And the moment that happens, I think every one of us wants to individually know what, what the piece is like and what it's about. Um, and so then there were a couple of productions already announced of it. Um, So it was, it was clearly an opera that was getting to be performed a lot that was a very strong story that was meaningful, and that was impactful. Um, And the first time I actually dealt with the music and and started learning more intimately about the piece was when I got invited to Michigan Opera Theater to conduct it. Um, And Sort of all of the instincts that I had about it being a powerful story, of, of being an incredibly important story to tell, um, were absolutely right and 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 true. And um, the thing that drew me about the music and to the opera itself, um, in addition to all of those things that that I had somehow anticipated, um, was the poly uh, stylistic writing uh, for for the voices and for instruments and. It's, it's an opera that has a lot of sort of play between the voices and the, and the orchestra. Sometimes the voices are leading the story and they're giving us the rhythmic impulse and sometimes it happens in the orchestra. And so there's this beautiful combination of both the onstage action happening and sort of in the pit stage happening that, that is really combining this incredibly beautiful musical world.
3: And similarly, I first heard about Blue after the premiere at Glimmerglass through, you know, various friends and artists. I think uh, its impact was resounding. But the first time I was able to encounter the the music directly was the invitation to join you all at Michigan Opera Theater to direct the piece, and I was so struck immediately by the intimacy of the storytelling of this family struggling to love and protect each other and also the the kind of scope of the questions that the that the work asks and the deep confrontation with the state and with history and with state violence and you know we're in a moment that That we're thinking a lot about storytelling about the the stories that the state tells and the stories that we tell and you know i think that the the state is very good at co-opting our story space it's very good at making narratives that reinforce itself and you know in a moment where for example right now there's much talk about verdicts ultimately even even a story around a verdict is a narrative that invests in the state's practice and so for me as an artist my question is always what are the stories that keep us alive you know, what are the stories that keep a George Floyd alive, that keep a Breonna Taylor alive? And I think that Blue, in its complexity and its tenderness, is an opportunity to invest in stories that keep us alive.
1: Thank you, Kinesa. Uh, My next question, uh, can both of you tell us a bit about the relationship between the stage director and the conductor? Uh, what has been your collaboration? What does that look like throughout this process? Maybe, Daniela, you could start us out? Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. Well, it's been it's been really fantastic uh, working with Ganesha. Um, I've known of her again through mutual colleagues and, and through um, her work. Uh, but it's been really wonderful working and, and diving into this piece together. Um, one thing I, I forgot to mention in the previous question was that in addition to all the musical things that are happening with Lou, um, you know, as an immigrant, um, I am still learning so much about American history and and learning about American history through Blue and through stories like this is incredibly culturally uh, important. Um, but now back to our current question. Um, so with, with the staging that we have and <laughs> with where the orchestra is set up, uh, Canese and I for about, I think first week had a really good, sort of shoulder to shoulder situation in the room where we could (laughs) turn to each other and say, what do you think of this? And what do you think of this? And this is what I read in the music. What do you read in the text? How do we address this? How do we shape this together? And then at some point uh, my station and our pianist, Michael Sherman, we moved sort of upstage from the singers because that is how we will be performing the opera behind the singers. So once that distance was put in between us, we sort of had to alert the room that we needed to discuss something and needed to come physically closer, so to hold the rehearsal a little bit. Um, but I think that the, the work between the conductor and stage director is so incredibly important. It, one, one cannot go without the other. Um, I think that every staging comment, staging, thought is a musical question and vice versa, musical comment or musical idea is a staging idea and a staging comment. So having this open channel of communication and this incredible trust between two humans is so important in in opera.
1: Fantastic, how about Kinesa how about you?
3: It's been extraordinary to work with Daniela and, you know, the power and precision that Daniela wields is is this bedrock from which all all the other work can happen. And for us to kind of get to build that working vocabulary together and, and to have a rehearsal process that was set up for us to actually try things, which is which is not what always happens in this form, you know? So often people are on a two week schedule trying to put something up on that third week. And so we actually had some time to really ask questions of this music together and of this story mm-hmm. together. So so it was it was thrilling to get to kind of have a process that allowed Danielle and I to truly collaborate on this music. And another thing that has been beautiful to hold together and to kind of Watch, watch Daniela hold because of the kind of uh, perspective and complexity that that she brings to the music from her from her own background. You know this piece is this piece is made for classical voices, right? It's it's made for voices that sing Verdi and and sing Wagner and and sing sing all of the canon, but this music also is is full of these windows into many different sound traditions, and one of the things i feel is that you know the west has a fantasy of its singularity and it imagines itself as consistent and 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 as singular but a form like opera has been so hybrid it's 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 born of of cultural exchange over generations it's born of you know, migrations and immigrations and forced migrations. That is how, you know, these, these sounds have come to be. And so it's been, it's just been glorious to think with Daniela about the piece in this way and to watch her hold the music in all of its complexity. So I'm, I'm so excited yeah. for audiences to get to experience that.
0: Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you both. I, I feel like we could have a whole conversation just about your partnership and your process. It sounds <laughs> Thrilling and fascinating. I'm so inclined to ask further questions about that. Um, but Kanesa, I do, I do want to um, uh, dig in a little bit to this production specifically. You know, um, we've mentioned that Blue was initially staged at Glimmerglass uh, pre-pandemic. It was slated to run at the Kennedy Center at the Lyric Opera of Chicago. Um, but I'm wondering if you might discuss how place informs this work. Um, what is unique about your staging and the specific staging happening here in Detroit in this very specific outdoor location?
3: yeah so you know blue is this intimate story of a family loving and protecting each other and it's this epic tale of struggle and loss and confrontation with the state and with god and with ourselves and i can imagine no better setting than the aretha franklin amphitheater to tell this story this you know holding blue in that frame we are reminded of ancient amphitheaters and greek tragedies playing out these extended remixes critiquing the state and violence and power through intimate stories of family so i think we have an incredible frame in the aretha franklin to to hold this music and to hold this story and Something I, I feel strongly as an artist is that great storytelling requires speaking many languages and that those are formal and historical and aesthetic languages. And those are also cultural languages. And it requires addressing all the materials in the room. And those are materials like light and music and race and sight lines and gender and history. And with Blue, I've included uh, several dancers who work in various forms from crumping to whacking to jit. And jit is a dance form, of course, native to Detroit and that comes out of traditions of protest and resistance and and cultural exchange. And we have two jit masters with us on this project Queen Gabby and Michael Smith of Detroit, just jit masters, as well as various other dances. And, um, you know, we think, I've been thinking about. The dance as a vocabulary that helps us animate the music and animate the story and bring all of us into the openness of these sounds so that we can hear this music in a, in a very full way and in the vastness of opera.
1: Oh, fantastic. I, I turned to you, uh, Daniela, again. You touched a bit on this at the top. What else should audiences expect musically from Janine uh, Tussori's score? Uh, are there certain maybe motifs or themes we should be listening for?
2: Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, so, the first thing that um, we hear in this, in the prologue that also acts as an overture in a way, um, is the percussion, uh, the thunder sheet and bass drum. And they create this incredible sort of collage and and tapestry almost of all of the sounds that happen and the the techniques that are happening in the orchestra. Um, There are a couple of my sort of personal favorite moments that I would just like to briefly touch on um, that do end up showing up in in different points throughout the opera. Um, the first one is when we see the mother um, in act one, scene one, when she has her first aria about the man she just married and she's having a baby with. Um, it's, it's this incredibly simple and beautiful melody in the strings that acts as a sort of carpet for Christy are our, our, um, who's playing the mother to start sort of taking us on this journey of, of, meeting the love of her life. And it's just so romantic and so almost Hollywood style and musical theater of 1950s. It's just beautiful. Um, that same motif happens in Act One, Scene Three, when the father is talking about the son being born. So the connection that I find in that motive is that of incredible love, and it's just being transferred then to father. Um, there is an fantastic. Uh, big band moment in big man writing style moment in scene one as well when the girlfriends are telling the mother of dangers of having uh, a son Um, and it sort of it starts completely innocent and then within three seconds we're transported into this big band brassy loud awesome sound um, with sort of triplets um pulsating through the woodwinds um Then in the second act, there are there are so many beautiful and heartbreaking moments. And every time we come to them, I catch myself, you know, being teary eyed. Um, But it's just the the honesty of the music is so, so deeply felt and it's so there. Um, So the the first moment is. When the reverend is talking, it's in the funeral scene when he's he's telling the god to take over the um, son, and it's held over in strings. The reverend sings this beautiful melody, and then a couple of minutes later, the mother repeats the exact same um, the exact same motive, and it's just sort of you want your heart wants to break. Um, another motive is that of police. Um, police sort of officers. It's always, it's either in trumpet or in one of the woodwinds played. Um, and it almost sounds like a dictating machine. Um, so that's another sort of grounding motif. But um, structurally, musically, what I think is, is really beautiful is that the two acts work as a sort of a mirror. So there are motives in scene four of act one that Uh, replicate themselves in scene one of act two. And in scene four, it's the relationship between the father and the son. In scene one of act two, it's the relationship between the Reverend and the father. And it's just this mirror of, of energies and of the relationships between the two men in each scene is incredible.
1: Daniela, you're a pianist, a conductor, and a composer, uh, having completed commissions uh, for members of uh, various orchestras, like the Met Orchestra, the New York Phil, and New York City Ballet. How has your work as a composer informed your work as a conductor?
2: Um, well, thank you for asking that. Damien Sneed and I uh, worked together this summer, and this was the only thing where we did not agree on. I said that my composing does not influence my conducting and he said that's completely wrong it does so um, I'm only saying this to sort of confirm that when I'm when I'm conducting a piece I really put on um when I'm conducting a piece I don't take my compositional instincts instincts into it um I really take the work that is in front of me and I sort of draw on my musicological and research and study that I've, that I've done of music to make musical choices um, that I think work for the production and that I, that I think the piece is, is telling me. Um, But, but at the same time, I think also having composed sometimes lets me see maybe beyond what's on the page. Uh, I, I think it opens up my imagination uh, a bit more. Um, I think I can see patterns easier perhaps, and I can, I can definitely sort of try to understand the compositional style um, easier, maybe. Um, again, all of those are, are just presumptions, but when I'm really when I'm conducting a piece that is not my own, I sort of strip my conductor brain off and I'm just in service to the work that is right in front of me.
1: I was going to say, it's cl- clearly as a work as a composer has made you identify those things uh, when you were <laughs> t- t- explaining the themes. Uh, yeah, you definitely, obviously, I'm sure that you're probably not <laughs> even or, or falling back on some of your composing analysis, no doubt.
2: <laughs> Maybe, but, you know, that was, I think that was always the, the story of my life. When I was studying piano, I way more preferred uh, analyzing music and understanding how music fits together than necessarily practicing scales Uh, So that was always a drag for my piano
0: teachers, but you know, here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Keneza, I would throw you a similar question. Um, You know, you've worked not only in opera, but also across theater and in film. Um, And I wonder if you can talk about moving between these different artistic mediums uh, and how your work in other fields may um, or may not have informed your interpretation of blue.
3: You know, I really believe that stories build the world the stories we tell about ourselves and each other and they build architecture and they build policy and they build our political and social interaction so whenever i'm making work that is telling a story to an audience i'm interested in the civic dialogue that that platforms you know with blue we have this story of a black family in harlem and the father is a police officer and the son has become very politically active, and he's protesting against police violence. And there's this deep consideration of civic duty and familial duty and duty to one's community that plays out between them. And so as we think about stories building the world, one of the things that excites me about Blue is finding new ways to talk about the state. And I believe that builds new possibilities for the future. And I'm particularly excited to talk about the state in ways that honor the complex
0: intersections with Black people and with Black lives. Thank you. That really did uh, answer the next question I was going to ask you. And I wonder, you know, maybe just if you want to speak about that further, you know, you've talked about how theaters function as public spaces. You've talked about how artistic work creates a platform for dialogue. So I was going to ask, what is the dialogue that you hope springs from this specific production? You've mentioned it a little bit in examining the state and all of its complexities. Um, Is there anything more that you would say about that or any further place that you would take that for the audiences who may be listening?
3: We've been through so much <laughs> in the last two years. <laughs> um, we've been in the bones of the country. We've been in the bones of our own heads and hearts and families. And we've been in the bones of our industry, of making live performance, of making opera, of making theater, of, of, of making concerts. And I think that's been a real gift for us to all really look at what opera is and what opera is doing and what live production performance is doing and how we're making work. Opera is a form that is big enough to reflect life and to reflect life in all of its contradiction and glory and violence. And I think we have an opportunity to consider how this glorious form meets public's representative of the cities in which the work shows. I think opera for for many years in our country has especially not been seen by people who are perhaps even best equipped to understand and appreciate it. People with big lives for whom the struggle of living is operatic daily. And so this collaboration between Michigan Opera Theater and the Aretha Franklin and Daniela and myself is an opportunity to also ask that question you know we've been not only building the work but building the frame for the work um a piece lives in the exchange between an audience and and what happens on stage so i hope as you walk into the theater tonight every one of you sees someone who you have never seen before (laughs) in 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 a theater space and that that's true for every audience member. And I, I hope that we have, we have gathered people here tonight who might not otherwise spend time together for an evening.
0: Uh, I just really thank you for that Kaneza. Um, I, I cannot wait to see the uh, the reception for this work. I cannot wait for, as you say, this evening, where everyone will gather together and be able to experience this. Um, I think dialogue is one of the most precious things that our art forms have to offer. Um, and so I'm just excited to, you know, to keep up and check in and see what, what people are saying about blue at intermission. After the production, a week later, two weeks later, um, and I just really appreciate you setting the stage um, for all that all that's happening in the space.
1: Well, my last question for both of you is: What do you think will surprise people about Blue when they see it tonight?
0: Well, um,
2: so my my mother in law who lives in Michigan, she's coming, um, and she's bringing um, a group of her friends with her, and one thing that i told her is to get ready because because it is an incredibly emotional piece and um, i think i think the emotions that start showing up in act two uh with music and with the staging that kaneza has done and with the story that is being told are just something that in some shape or form all of us know in one way or another, we all have experienced loss. Um, And I think there's there's always a moment of recognizing the moment of coming together with our community to go through the burden that has been with us now. Um, And I think recognizing that moment for the audience, I think that might be a really triggering point, uh, a a beautiful point. Um, The other Thing that I think might be a surprise is once again I said we are performing behind the singers with the orchestra, uh, which in itself is not a novelty. The novelty is is that um, we will only have communication through the monitors with singers. But but I just think in addition to the story being told, I think story being told in this way with this technical demands and in this sort of uh, structure, I think is going to be an incredible moment.
1: Indeed. How about Kereza?
2: It's funny.
3: (laughs) (laughs) There's so much humor and celebration. And I I, I think that might be a surprise to audiences. Um, I also think that even, even in the darkest, most painful, most challenging, epic questions that the music asks, that the words ask, there is this undercurrent, of love and celebration and tenderness and truly at times humor. And I think that holding those two things to be true simultaneously is something that this music and this opera does so beautifully. And so I think that may be uh, an element that will surprise and delight people as they're carried through
0: a very emotional journey. Well, thank you both so much, Daniela Kaneza. Thank you for this time in conversation. Um, thank you for your work in bringing Blue to Detroit audiences. It's been such a pleasure to speak with you, and we cannot wait to enjoy the opera. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you, too, for being with us for MOT's virtual pre-opera talk. Don't forget to follow along with Live Note throughout the production for English language supertitles. Thank you again and enjoy the opera.